Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Play Sheet Podcast. I'm Charles, and I'm here with my good friend, Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Listen, we've got Super Bowl to hype up, to talk about, to discuss. Before we get to that, we did, obviously, we've had the Pro Bowl this weekend. Uh, we mentioned that we weren't going to do extensive coverage of the Pro Bowl because, quite frankly, it just ain't worth it. But is there anything about the Pro Bowl that you want to talk about before we move on to the bigger picture of Super Bowl? I just want to talk about getting rid of it now, Charles. I used to be slightly favourable towards it, especially when they brought in the stuff like dodgeball and all that kind of thing. But the product, the product they put out that I found myself watching on Saturday was just one of the worst things I've ever seen on TV. It was a mess. It was unstructured. It was boring. It was honestly boring. I don't think it was even much fun for those guys. They like to hype up about how, oh, you know, they're seeing their old college teammates or they're seeing Buddy here or it's his brother playing with his other brother and all that. It's nonsense. I don't think anyone's having a good time, especially the viewer. And I'm just at the point now of just get rid of it. Either bring back a meaningful game, tailor the product so it's more exciting, or just name the best players of the season and just be done with it and that's it. They don't have to fly out to Hawaii or wherever they go unstructured is absolutely the right word it just seemed like I couldn't follow what was happening from one second to the next and there was a game of flag football then there was a second game of flag football after some sort of weird break of other it was just bizarre but everyone who was out there didn't seem to know what was going on I I don't think I'm a moron I think I can you know get the grasp of things but there were times during the broadcast where you had you know a a set number of players just standing around gawping because they don't know what they're doing I'm saying a set number of players because one moment it was five the next minute it was seven who knows that they were just trying to make it up as they went along it's viewers sat at home thinking well what's going on here Peyton Manning just flapping around and shouting at a referee it was just rubbish it was really really rubbish and you know there were glimpses a couple of years ago of how it could have been when the dodgeball first came out and it was exciting and it was a bit of a laugh okay no one's going to get themselves injured in a real game we've established that we've moved past that there'll never be a proper pro bowl game in a 17 game regular season even more so when it's an 18 game regular season in a year or two time but change the product change the product please i'm not going to watch it like that again i mean the only person that seemed to care was peyton manning (laughs) he seemed to care a lot i like like i'm not sure if there's something missing from his life if maybe he hasn't adjusted to retirement well and you know he's just waiting to snap he was into it you had ray lewis just giggling just thinking what is this nutcase doing yeah look i'd be very interested to hear if anyone out there actually enjoyed watching it if anyone got it more than we did but they couldn't even package up highlights of it there were no highlights there was nothing good uh, it, a waste of my time yeah probably the only two things to very briefly mention that was probably the last game that Derek Carr was ever going to play in the Allegiant Stadium, do you think? Depends if the Saints are playing in Las Vegas anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I think it boils down to, because looking like he could be going there, who knows, rumours, things are being said. But uh, yeah, uh, he, he, he's absolutely not going to be wearing the silver and black ever again, I'd have thought. And then the media, they were waxing lyrical about the facilities there down in Las Vegas and uh, the only takeaway I had from that was what a shame <laughs> that, that there's <laughs> such a phenomenal stadium with incredible facilities and yet there's yet to be a functioning team that that kind of emerges from that oh that is true Charles well I don't think I've even told you this on air or off air but I'm going to Vegas in, uh, in about a month's time so I'm going to see if I can check out the stadium 
But, uh, you know, every stadium that gets built in the National Football League now is, you know, space age out of this world. And it's just getting more and more advanced all the time. The Viking Stadium that was built five, six years ago is already kind of old hat now. Still better than probably any stadium bar Spurs in the UK. But yeah, I, I, I still want to go and see uh, SoFi out in Los Angeles. But that's, that's the white whale. That looks certainly like a piece of work. Nice. Well... Talking about then ex Super Bowl stadiums, let's move towards the Super Bowl. <laughs> a nice transition there, Charles. Thank I you. like it. Thank you. Smooth. Um, I, I'll tell you the thing that has piqued my interest the most in the build up because look, you and I both know there's lots of hype around the Super Bowl. We we have no idea what products we're going to get. You could be sat in for an absolute snooze fest, or you can see some of the best football of the season. The 49ers do not seem to have handled the fact that they lost the championship game particularly well. They're still <laughs> still trying to take chunks out of the Eagles. Well, I can get it in a sense that the Eagles fans are the worst fan base in football, in sports in general probably. If you have to grease up the lampposts, if your team is going to win a game, then uh, you know there's issues there. If you can't park on the street, if your team's playing sports, yeah. But as we said last week, we won't kind of retread this too much. As soon as Purdy went down, 49ers had no chance. But even with Purdy being fit, the Eagles played a wonderful game. They played a wonderful game. They played great football. Were the 49ers going to go and put, you know, 32 points on the Eagles? I don't think they were. So nothing really to complain about. What what in particular are you hearing them moan about, Charles? Well, it's not moaning. It's it's you've got players like Ayuk coming out and basically saying if well, and again we talked about the relationship that NFL has with betting. But he made a comment that essentially oh, said, "Oh, the script thing, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. I, I do like how this whole script thing has got so meta now. How the players are all aware of this kind of Twitter chat of a script. So when ever anything happens now players are tweeting about the script and it not being in the script or it being in the script from last week and all this kind of stuff it's it's quite funny it's a bit of a fad it'll probably be forgotten about in a couple of weeks time but enjoy it while it's happening now so the game itself then joe i mean we've got eagles who we've talked about their imperious defense time and time again this season you've obviously got mahomes on you know, what we thought at one stage was a bit of a dodgy ankle, he seemed to have played through it marvellously against the Bengals. Do you think there's a danger there that we see what we saw in the San Fran game where Mahomes goes down early because the Eagles get to him quickly? <sighs> no, because the 49ers, well, the 49ers do have a good line. Uh, the Chiefs have arguably a better line. He's playing with players that he knows well. He's playing with an established line. And Mahomes is arguably more mobile than Purdy is as well. So when that line does disintegrate, he can get himself out of there. You know, nothing can be sure. We hope that doesn't happen. Because if it does happen, then it'll be a repeat of a championship game, which was the worst primetime game this year. So no, I'm just I'm just going to say no. I think he'll be all right out there. Yeah, I also think, as we saw from the conference final game, that Mahomes has a lot more outlets if he does need to get rid of the ball quickly. The way that Andy Reid play calls, there's often lots of options with the plays that the Kansas City Chiefs run. And you just get the sense that 
they're perhaps a little better prepared for what the Eagles are going to bring on a defensive end and they'll have developed several plays that combat that. You know, if they need to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands quickly, just settle down, they'll run a series of those plays. If the line is looking like it's holding up, then you might see some kind of more developed, longer plays from the Chiefs. Yeah, although they are an outlet down. It looks like Nicole Hardman won't be suiting up on Sunday. You take out Hardman, what you left with there? MVS, Juju, Skymore? It's not that exciting when you look at who the Eagles have on the other side of the ball in terms of their defensive backs. Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. Well, well, okay, tight end, yes. But in terms of pure wide receivers, you can make the case that Kelsey is one of the best pure wide receivers in the league. I know that. But what are you left with? But again, we've seen Kansas City pull out a really decent run game in the last season. So if they need to turn to the run a little bit more often, I don't think that'll be a problem for them. Although, as we know, the Eagles are exceptionally good at shutting down the run game. So being played in Arizona, Eagles obviously have the benefit of training at the stadium. Chiefs have had to train at the local college in the area. Do you think that impacts anything at all? Do you think that gives the Eagles a slight edge in any way? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Come Sunday, the atmosphere in a Super Bowl stadium is going to be something like none of those players have ever seen unless they've played in a Super Bowl previously. That's where the advantage is. The advantage is in, I believe it's eight starters that the Eagles have who were in the Super Bowl game back in 2017. Eight players left from that team. For everyone else, uh, the experience is going to be like nothing else they've ever faced before, no matter how many training shifts they've had in a week leading up to it. It's going to be off the chain. I don't think it does give you that advantage, really. And teams are so well prepped now that have looked at what turf they're playing on, the type of turf. They've tried to find a college that matches up to have a similar kind of feel. No, it's 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 going to come down to the X's and O's and the execution on the day. Okay, then, Joe. So, you know, we say this all the time. A prediction over things like this, it's anyone's guess, really. When it comes down to the big day, anything can happen. I'm going to throw a, a little weird stat out there. I think in something like the last six games that San Francisco have lost in the playoffs, it has been to the eventual winners of the Super Bowl every single time. Cool. Good thing they beat Green Bay all those times in a wildcard round, eh? <laughs> Listen, there was, there was no danger of Green Bay winning any of those seasons. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. So San Francisco have lost in the playoffs, in their last six playoff defeats to the the eventual Super Bowl winner. Do you think that's going to be the case this year as well? Oh, I'm, I'm really not going to make too much of a prediction here because, you know, we've got two great teams and either one of them could win this. I know it's such a cliched thing to say, uh, but sometimes you look at the matchups and think there's no way the New England Patriots at 18-0 are going to lose to an Eli Manning-led New York Giants I'm putting all my money on the Patriots. There's there's times like that when you're certain one team is going to win. This time, I'm not so sure. There's key things to look at. I'm going to run down a few key things to look at, which could decide the outcome. Run game for the Chiefs. If Pacheco gets going, and that's a big if, because it's going to be hard for him to get going against this D-line. If he gets going, that will open it up so much more for Mahomes, and that gives the Chiefs a better chance of winning. If Pacheco can't get going, and that run game is ineffective and they kind of move on and don't stick to that way of playing I think that just relying on on 
Mahomes, as good as he is, and he is, in my view, the best quarterback in the league, as good as he is, I don't think that he will be enough to carry the team. I don't think you can play one-dimensionally against the Eagles. So they'll have to play that full kind of complementary attack, and you know, bringing in special teams to get field position as well. Uh, they'll have to be all cylinders blazing everywhere there, else it will play into the Eagles' hands. Andy Reid against the Eagles, then, Joe. Great, great story. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, what do you think about that narrative? Like, you know, there's always that thing that Reid left on good terms, blah, 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 but, but, but he was sacked. I think that both of these teams have had relatively happy endings since that breakup. Reid went and won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. The Eagles went and won Super Bowl 52. It's not like they've been without success. So I don't think either one of them is bitter. They're just, you know as happy as you can be to see your ex with someone else doing well. So I think that's exactly it, man. It feels like quite a media push narrative that I'm just struggling to buy into because, as you said, it felt like an amicable breakup. Both teams have witnessed success since that separation. It kind of doesn't feel like there's much ill will or vengeance there to create this idea of a, of a pure vengeance game. Yeah, because let's be honest about it. Reed and the Eagles didn't win anything when Reed was the head coach of the Eagles. They've separated, they've done better. So, you know, there's a lot of things that the media are trying to generate and artificially create. Like, I'm not sure why it's all over news feeds and Twitter and everything else. Just about this whole thing about teams in colours have only won Super Bowl 20 times. So, what, just under 40% of the time a team in colour has won and then the majority of the time uh, the team who plays in white has won. Uh, it's just absolute bonkers stuff like that. Like, this was still the same ratio there or thereabouts last year, but now suddenly this has been a thing that everyone's talking about and it, it means absolutely nothing at all. But there's not a lot, and this is a bit of an admission on a podcast, there's not a lot of controversial chat leading up to this game. They're two teams that are relatively liked they don't have players in who are controversial the same way we've had certain players in over the last few years there's not that kind of antonio brown string to things of you know brady's taking him into his house will he repay him in this game there's no real hatred there's no bad blood all right people generally don't like the eagles i'm not i'm not in a population of one of people who aren't fans of the eagles so neutrals probably have a slight preference towards the chiefs but i mean People just want to see good football, I think. It doesn't really need that kind of sob story or uh, or rocky story to make it better. Yeah, totally agree. I just don't want to see either of the quarterbacks go down this game. You know, they're both... That'll be the worst. Yeah. That'll be the worst because we've seen what these teams are like when they don't have their quarterbacks. Exactly. They're both carrying injuries, you know, sort of recovering from them at different stages. As long as they can both stay 100% healthy, I think we should be in for a really good game. These are two teams that have shown us tremendous football throughout the season. And I think, look, you've basically got two first seeds battling out against each other. So all this talk about it potentially being an asterisk season for the Eagles because of how things went down with San Fran, I don't buy into that. I think we've got the two best teams out there and I'm hoping that's going to be a really entertaining match. Well, Jess, I've got a bit of a surprise section on the show for you. It's a quick fire round, a little bit of light fun. I'm going to ask a question. First answer in your head. I want that answer. There's only three, four of them. Let's go. Length of the national anthem? Oh, I would guess one minute and 57 seconds. Biggest guest star to come out during the halftime show? What, you mean aside from Rihanna? 
she's not the guest star she is the star right so biggest guest star oh i don't know who does rihanna hang out with uh beyonce would be wild let's go for it <laughs> okay that's pretty wild that's, that's, that's a big shout uh color of the gatorade board on the coach at the end i got this right last year so there's no way i'm getting it right this year but i am gonna go with orange orange that would have been my shout as well great and uh which coach will get gatorade poured on them <laughs> oh i'm gonna go andy reed i'm gonna say it snuck it in there snuck it in there made you do a predo um <laughs> every time it's super bowl every time we talk about it we just hope we won't end up with a game like we did super bowl 53 no one wants to see that patriots ram style dirge as much as you can say you're a purist as much as you can say you like the x's and o's and like the tactical side of the game i think when it is super bowl the spectacle that we expect you want to see plays you want to see excitement you want to see scoring and it's good for the sport as well when basically the whole world has its eyes on the super bowl it is indeed so just before we leave joe we've got another story that we need to discuss it involves a legendary quarterback and i'm not talking about the four days of complete darkness that Aaron Rodgers is about to embark on as part of his darkness retreat to receive some answers for what he's about to do with his future. We're talking about... Is, is that a real thing? Because <laughs> I don't actually know if you're making a joke there or if that's a real thing. I'd believe you if you said that was a real thing. I totally could be taking the mick, Joe, but that is a legitimate real thing. <laughs> he is going on a darkness retreat which involves him spending four days in complete darkness just himself in a little house that sounds totally made up but that's bonkers yep and that is aaron Rodgers for you and he expects a decision soon after that so after he's seen his apparition he'll know whether he's uh what he's doing for next season one person who definitely knows what he's doing for next season and it won't be playing football is tom brady uh, yeah, you're using a word definitely probably quite liberally <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Until I see his bum on his sofa during week one kickoff, I'll believe it then. Uh, I think that he retired in the right way. He was very honest about things that you don't get two emotional re- retirements. He had his emotional retirement last year, so he did it in a very understated, but I think the correct way. Uh, the beach that he did it on, the sand from that spot is being sold for 10 grand now. I'm not sure if anyone's bought it for 10 grand, but someone had it on eBay for 10 grand. 10 grand sand. <laughs> Such a Banksy moment, isn't it? Here's a stat for you then. If he doesn't suit up next season, it will be the first season in franchise history that the Texans have not played in a league that Tom Brady's not been playing in. That's bonkers, isn't it? That is bonkers. <laughs> absolutely insane that Tom Brady has been playing in the league for as long as the Houston Texans have been a thing. That's a great stat. I love stats like that. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely true. People forget how relatively new the Texans are, especially in the UK when the NFL took a bigger rise during the noughties when the Texans had been established. People forget that they were only established a couple of years before that. So yeah, great stat, Charles. And you know, we've spoken about Brady before, but just the favourite thing that I like to think about is you can divide his career basically into three parts. There's zero zero to 07 Brady, 07 to 14 Brady, and 14 Brady to 22 Brady. And all of those uh, three parts of his career are slam dunk, first ballot Hall of Fame careers. The best ever. Will anyone ever win seven Super Bowls as quarterback ever again? There's a few good quarterbacks out there, but I don't think we'll see that again. 
Yeah, I think for now he is undoubtedly the GOAT. Look, if he stays retired, hopefully he enjoys it. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people in the league that are potentially very grateful that he's deciding to retire. Vikings fans, for sure. Uh, the Vikings never got a win over Brady. They are 0-6. So four teams who never beat Brady, Vikings were one of them. There you go. All right then, Joe. Well, look, all that's left to say is to everybody, enjoy Super Bowl. And we'll be catching up after the Super Bowl with our last episode of the season where we'll be discussing coaching changes and looking at the future of a, a team or two. Looking forward to it, Charles. Speak then.